So I'm here with Joe Hodson, as I'm sure you all know, uh, the landlady of the Cumberland Arms. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of your highlights over the 20 years that you've worked here. So my first question is going to be delayed because there is a siren in the background. <laughs> Although maybe that's just the biker feel. Maybe I don't know. We'll just leave I that think in. it is. Just leave it yeah, in. Just leave it in. L- love a siren. So, Always at the inappropriate moment. Exactly. So what were your first impressions of the Cumberland Arms when you saw it? Can you remember that moment that you walked along St. James's Place and saw the pub? Yeah, I mean, I, I can and also I, I can't. So, like, I think, I think I sort of make it up in my head what I felt. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than the actual, yeah, I saw the Cumberland and I fell in love with it. And yeah, yeah. It was amazing. But at the same time, I did. I think I thought, I thought, how the hell does a place like this still exist? Was mm-hmm. probably my main thinking. Um, and where are all the customers? <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't well attended at that point. Then, well, I think, think the or... thing I think the thing was that there was there was a, there was a lot of regulars that still came, um, but really the you know it, it it was just it sort of lost people had, weren't really sure what it was I guess. Still gigs, still storytelling, still all of those things, but um, the actual pub didn't really know what what it was anymore. Um, but it just, I mean, it just felt lush. You know, it was just such a nice feeling to walk into it and you kind of go, oh, this is nice. Oh, I wonder what it would be like to work here. Cut to <laughs> Cut 20, to years, 20 later. years later. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. And yeah, that there isn't that rose tinted specs of, oh yeah, we just, I just fell in love with it from the moment I saw it that, you know, but... You saw it have potential. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely potential. I think that was one of the things that scared my dad so much, you know, was that I was like, well, if we're going to do it, then we have to do it all, you know, make the venue, make this, do this, do that. And he was like, well, only if you're staying. (laughs) Well, I mean, that that segues perfectly into my next question, which, uh, let's be honest, what were some of the challenges of working with your dad in the Uh, early, certainly in the early years, or I mean, in the latter years? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, who would have thought? I definitely don't think that I would have thought ever that I'd have been working with my dad. Um, but, you know, aside from all the really nice things, because there are loads, obviously, and it has been lush. But people um, don't want to hear about that. People don't want to hear about those. He's such a nice guy and he's really supportive, which he is. Um, but, I mean, this story's probably been told so many times, but, you know, we'll tell it again. It's just how badly he is at serving behind the bar. Um, that quickly became a, um, uh, uh, something that had to stop. I mean, like, literally one drink... Pour it, another drink, pour it, and then take the money, you know. Well, so he, he um, was very complimentary about you in the last episode that you could sometimes be taking three different people's orders, adding up their money, and serving it all. So I he, think he thought that that was like a really special... I mean, it is a special skill to all those in hospitality. We all work very hard on that particular skill. He definitely didn't have it. <laughs> And in terms of visions for the pub, did was it a shared vision or did he need, you know, talking round to your idea of how the pub might be? Or? No, I definitely think we figured that out very quickly together. Um, you know, a place where people felt safe, a place where anyone was welcome as long as they, you know, sort of towed our line. Yeah. Which essentially was be nice. You know, there wasn't much more to it than that. And I think that that's definitely something that stayed. It's not... Um, it's not a it's not something we've had to work on yeah you know you can come in you as long as you're nice to everyone and you know then then that's fine doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter who you are 
that is that was definitely the basis of both of us from the beginning. And ideally buy a drink. And ideally buy a drink. Although, yes, absolutely. But also, if you don't want to have a drink, then have a glass of water, have a cup of coffee. Yeah, of course, you know, yeah. so it is that thing of like, yeah, absolutely, please come buy drinks. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that that was that was easy. That bit was easy. Yeah. The the figuring out how to run a pub, not 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 so much. Yeah. Working out your, your dad's skill set yeah. wasn't ever behind the bar. No, absolutely. But definitely on the other side of the bar. So, okay. so well then, let's cut to, you You offered your dad a year. Mm-hmm. Let's cut to after that year. What made you want to stay? What was the thing? Because obviously you were in London at the time. Yeah, so I lived like... in London, but moved. I, I just finished my job there. Um, and so it wasn't doing anything. So it was sort of a perfect thing to come and, you know, when I came up to help him move in. And I was like, oh, well, I'll do this for a bit. Yeah. Um, why did I stay? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, I don't really know that I've ever known what I wanted to do. I've floated between everything. Um, so the pub sort of hit all of the things that I like. You know, I really like people. I like managing people. I like working with people. I like organizing stuff. You know, I like having fun. Um, you know, pubs are a really good place to do that. Yeah. Tick, so, tick, you know, tick, tick, tick. tick, tick. tick. Um, and, you know, I think that the having the opportunity to create something from that's always been so, you know, that's always had such a reputation for everything. And throughout the years, it's had reputations for so, so many different things. Um, so to have the opportunity to see whether you can take that on and see whether you can make it work um, felt like, you know, something that we see what happened at that, at that particular time. And so we didn't have to strong arm you into this. This was your decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he thought I was going to say I was leaving. Right. But... I didn't. <laughs> well, I think we're all pleased about that. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Um, so what do you think the Cumberland means to the to the community and to its customers? What what does it represent? Um, I think it's just, I don't I, I find this one quite, I mean, it's not hard. I think it's, it, it's just that it, it, it's sort of part of, it's part of everyone's life. It's a place where people, um, they just know it's there. It's a, it's a constant you know as before my 20 years you know still now you've got people who've been drinking in here for 50 years and 60 years or um so it's i think it's a constant i think it's a place that changes but doesn't change and and sort of trying to keep that going is the difficult thing about running the pub not changing it not making it so people walk in and go what have you done I think it's a place that people, you know, it, 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 it sort of ticks all the boxes for people of community and a place that they can meet. And um, and also, I guess I'm, I am one of those people that if people come to me with an idea, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Well, it's funny. I mean, I thought even in the question, you know, what does it mean to the community? It sort of answers itself in that I think it, it is a community. Yeah. People who come here. It, it is. is. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, from my own personal experience, it's, I mean, it's the old sort of cheers cliche, but... Not everybody knows your name, but you will always see someone, I yeah. would say, without fail at the Cumberland. Yeah. You will always see yeah. someone you know who you could say hello to. Yeah. Or, and even if it's just a smile or a nod, like I recognise that face, yeah. or whether it's somebody that you go, I haven't seen you for years, and then you yeah. end up sitting down having drinks with them, or whatever it is, it's that it's that sort of place. And it, it is, you know, there's so many cheesy ways of saying it, isn't there? Yeah. But it, but it, but that's what it is. And that's why, you know, I'm still here, for sure. What is your proudest moment, your proudest moments from all your years at the pub? Um, proudest moments. I mean, there are loads. Sitting with my dad at six o'clock to the day that we opened it 20 years ago and talking about stuff. Um, you know, you try to sort of tick on those things that make you feel the proudest. But the, and, and this is, you know, everyone listening will probably be like, oh my God, I can't believe she's saying that. But 
the staff, like the people. The the like I I, I love them. Um, I just really like working with people, and I feel so lucky that all of like so many of the people that have worked here are now my closest friends. Um, and I don't know, we're just we we all work so well together, whether that's the managers or the people who come through and only do a few shifts or whatever. But those things, because I think I think people. I think people see hospitality a lot as a bit of a cop-out. They see it as a job that you just do to get you through something. And so therefore it can be, you, you can, it can feel like a slog when you're working five shifts a week or whatever. Um, so I like trying to make it be a place that people want to work and want to stay and want to be at um, and not, not leave me. Yeah, I did think like there should be mouth. a WhatsApp group called the Cumberlumbani. Cumberlumbani. Because <laughs> it has, there are some, you know, even from, uh, I worked here, but yeah. there is, you know, the, the list of people who worked here is amazing. They were a nice, all, all lovely people. All a nice bunch. Three highlights from over the years, three lowlights, anything just jump out at you? Three lowlights is, uh, is, is that, that's hard. There, well, I mean, there hasn't been any, no. There has. Well, they're, they're, I mean, it's a really hard one, isn't it? What, like, what, what you see as a low point. Yeah. Um, I mean, the pandemic, we'll pick that one straight away. But that was also a highlight, weirdly, yeah. because, you know, it showed how much everybody loved the place and, you know, being probably one of the first places to bring back live music after all that, you know, that, and all that experience was insane the lowness of it was you know obviously being shut and all of that sort of stuff but the other sort of lows are are all things that are i don't know they like you know you could say being broken into when that happened or someone smashing your window or all those things but really that i don't you know i just i don't really see those things um and I'm, i don't know I'm I'm such a I'm far too positive to think about the shit. Highlights. Any highlights? <laughs> highlights. Too many to mention, but let's go with the good ones. Come on, what are they? Um I know narrowing it to three is tricky. It is, but it's hard. I mean I did down. I did twenty for that first I, I did twenty for the we first thing. <laughs> and it was hard to narrow it down to twenty. Um, okay, well we'll go with the suggestibles first. I mean, obviously the suggestibles just themselves, but then Obviously, that ended up being the fact that I now have a husband who's very lovely and a child who's also very lovely. Um, but I mean, they've been here 18 years. So that's also pretty impressive. Um, you know, and they've been to, uh, you know, performed at other places and done other gigs and obviously still are at the stand. And um, I seem to follow them around to all their venues, moving furniture at the hyena and, you know, making sure the chairs are in the right place for Bev and all of that sort of stuff. So so 18 years of the suggestibles being here and still being here is pretty cool. Um, Six Music Festival. That was that was that was amazing, not just because of the people who performed here but I guess and I know that obviously all of the places in Newcastle that were chosen were chosen for music but it still means a lot when those moments happen when someone says um yes we do want to use the Cumberland because when you get missed out of things you're sort of a bit like I can hear it across the Usburn Valley yeah yeah something sounds great um (laughs) uh, I mean you know all of the good stuff but also just some of the slightly weird stuff that's happened um so you know the gig with the pig's head that got thrown at the window that was like a highlight just in terms of the fact that it was just like what the hell is going on um haven't had that for a while so they would be maybe with the three that come out of the 20. it's a great choice (laughs) looking back is there anything that you would do differently 
cheesy as this sounds. I know. No. Yeah, you could. I was going to say you could say no. No, absolutely. It, it's like I don't. Um, you know, I've made some pretty bad decisions, I'm sure. But all of the decisions got me here, so they can't have been that bad. And you know, the bad decisions, sort of, as long as they're not detrimental to to anyone, then. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would. You know, I, you, you could say that you might do, you might think about, you know, when you've been in business, the longer you've been in business, the more you know about how to manage money, where to spend it and where not to spend it. But, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have any experience in any of that when I took, took the pub over. So it was all sort of winging it. Um, so, you know, I could have done, but you'd learn that as you go. So I definitely don't, I definitely don't think I would have done anything differently. If you hadn't stayed here, what do you think you'd be doing now? Where would we find Joe Hodson? Okay, so... Husbandless, childless. <laughs> <laughs> Living in the gutter. Um, so, like, actual real answer or pie-in-the-sky answer? Okay, so real answer is I imagine that I would be doing something yeah. like this. Yeah. Pie-in-the-sky answer would be that I'd be like a cross between Jessica Fletcher and Hotch from Criminal Minds working on some sort of CSI um, profiler business. Brilliant. <laughs> I like the idea of you as a crime um, Okay, last question, just to wrap it up. Uh, looking at the pub, do you have any future plans or sort of where do you see the pub in five years? Um, a lot, uh, more of the same. Um, for definite, you know, I think that the, the, the ever-changing nature of the Cumberland or running a venue is means that you just have to keep doing what you what you do. And, you know, artists and emerging artists from the from the northeast and elsewhere um, are always going to be there and you'd always want to be there to support them. Um, but I've loved having all the offices open. That's been really nice. We've still got loads of spaces not used, so we've got all that to figure out what's next. Creating more of a community, using the venue, expanding all of those things, um, and trying to make it more accessible. Being an old building, that's hard, but that's definitely in the, you know, in the future plans of things that we need to do to the building. Um, but just that it will still be here, working towards the fact that we'll still be here in five years yeah. and in the next twenty years, yeah. um, when I will be old. <laughs> <laughs> In 20 years. Um, well, that's great. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, I really like that point that you made about it. Like, it is constantly evolving, but keeping that constant, so it's always the Cumberland Arms, mm. but that little evolution of, yeah. of the areas and, and, and the equipment and just things like that. Yeah. You know, what's happened to the venue recently yeah. is just, it looks yeah. amazing. It looks amazing. And I think that there's still... There's still so much to be done and that's, I don't know, you know, everybody wishes that they had all the money in the world to spend on everything being shiny and new from when you first start something. And that would be amazing. Obviously, I'm not saying that I would turn that down if anybody wants to gift us that. But uh, <laughs> the nicer, the, the, the amazing thing for me is to have, is to see the journey of all of those things. And so you choose the moments where you... Um, you know, buy new equipment or change how something looks or, you know, add add to something or figure out when, you know, if you can do this, then you could make a bit more money to be able to put it back into this bit of it. That's why I'm still here after 20 years. Yeah. You know, I change my jobs all the time before this one. You know, I had loads, but I haven't this one because you just change it when you, I mean, super privileged view, obviously, but... You know, I can change it when I want to change it. So if I get bored of something, then I'm like, well, I'll just do something else. What could we do? We do this. Okay, we'll do that. And then see what happens. Mm. So, 
Brilliant. Thank you very much for talking to us. <laughs> to us, me. <laughs> You're so welcome. Too bad. In my old bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Is this really? Yeah. No. This, so this was my flat. Wow, I mean, it's a podcast, so you can't see. You can't it. see it, but, but this was we are in when I lived upstairs at the Cumberland Arms, pre-child. This was wow, my bedroom. Yeah, there you go. There well, you go. There end of the podcast. There end of the episode. <laughs> What's a place that we all go where you meet everyone you know and the landlady she's called Jo. It's the Cumberland Arms. If you have any stories anecdotes or memories about the Cumberland Arms you would like to share on the podcast, please email Michael Hodson on cumberlandarms2021 at gmail.com with the subject Stories from the Cumberland Arms. Include your story, written out, in note form, or a voice memo if you'd like, or just your details for Michael to get in touch with you. The Cumberland Arms podcast was produced and recorded by Hal Branson, barman at the Cumberland Arms between 2006 and 2008. The music featured in the Cumberland Arms podcast is by Tim Dalling.